to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another edition of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. We are out of the quarterfinals, headed to the semifinals, and this is our last week catching up with coaches for the season because after this week, getting ready for the finals, coming out of the finals, and getting into signing day, we'll have the Football Fridays in Georgia All-Stars hanging out with us so we can break down the finals as best we can. John here, Hannah over there, and... Some great coaches this week. Oh, yeah, it's fun. We're going to spend some time in single-A public with Brooks County Head Coach Maurice Freeman, Wilcox County Head Coach Rob Stowe, the Stowe Show on today. Busting out the Stowe Show. But Maurice, absolute class, and he is is a tremendous gentleman. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just as fantastic a person when you get to know him, and it is amazing. It was a a fun interview, and we covered a bunch of different things, but the fact that you got to see the other side of Maurice, not Mm -hmm. the football coach, but the gentleman and the cook, Mm -hmm. that was important, too. And the motorcycle rider. Yes. You know, you learn something new about people all the time, but these two coaches can be going head-to-head. loves his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Maurice, absolutely. And, oh, by the way, I forgot to... mm, Forgot to ask him about his German Shepherd. Oh. He's got a big old German Shepherd, too. So motorcycle. We're out of time, John. I know. Motorcycle, German Shepherd, all that stuff. So, I mean, it's it's a great great conversation we had with Maurice. It'll be great to catch up with Rob Stowe and find out what's going on down there at Wilcox. First time that they're this deep in the playoffs mm-hmm. in a long time. A lot of folks remember the Nick Marshall years mm-hmm. when he was the quarterback there in, in Rochelle for Wilcox County. Now they're back. And there's a bit of a connection with the yeah. quarterback and the head coach. We'll get into that, too. It's, it was fun to catch up with both of these guys in single-A public. So we narrowed it down from 64 teams to 32 teams on Friday. Mm-hmm. Seems like everything has gone as planned. Congratulations yeah. to Hughes and North Oconee. They've been they've made it to the first Final Four appearances ever. So yeah. that, that's awesome for them. Absolutely. What did you see, John? Well, uh, just to, to give the the abbreviated version, yes, Wilcox back first time in a long time, mm-hmm. but their seeding helps out with all the home games and winning coin tosses and having Manchester come to town as a four seed. You've got uh, Irwin County and Brooks. We anticipated them. Top two teams in the class, top two teams in their region. Metter doing fantastic things with their offense, putting up big numbers. So Metter is a one seed. We anticipated that. You look at private, Trinity Christian, Elka, PAC, Prince Avenue Fellowship. Yes, for the heavyweights. That's that's an understood. Double A, Fitzgerald, a heavyweight. Thomasville, same region. So the top two teams coming out of the same region, that region of doom. Swainsboro, a top seed coming out of their bracket in the upper corner. Callaway, defending champ. You can never discount them. You look in AAA, Appling County is a two-seed. They had to go on the road to get some things done. Coach Mullis doing great things there in Baxley. They had to knock off Cherokee Bluff to keep going, and now they're going to be at Cedar Grove. Carver Atlanta, once again, a top seed coming out of their bracket, Pierce County defending champ. 4A, Cedartown knocking off Perry. We thought Cedartown would be making a deep run. Carver Columbus, the same, coming out of the upper left. Benedictine, one of the heavyweights. We looked at Benedictine and Marist, and we were sitting there going, that could be a championship game. Yeah. Marist ends up going by the wayside. You've got Benedictine, North Oconee. You talked about them. Warner Robins. You've got BT and Calhoun, two teams of the same region. You're two and you're three out of the same region playing on the right-hand side. And then Creekside with Warner Robins. Buford, we anticipated them. Carrollton, we looked at them. Hughes and Decula. Decula with a, a great bracket helping out for them. And then the four heavyweights in 7A. So for the most part, I would say that it was a lot of folks we anticipated getting to these final fours. A little 
di- disappointed in Rabin County ending Gunnar Stockton's high school career but after breaking go, all those but records. But when you go to Thomasville, I know, I 300 know. and how many miles? 325 miles. They win the longest drive award. Un- <laughs> you shouldn't have to do that in the quarterfinals. But once again, how things rotate yeah, around sometimes. You look at Rabin County and Thomasville. A lot of folks thought that that could be a championship game. And as it ends up being in the quarterfinals, Buford and Lee County, a quarterfinal game that a lot of folks thought could be a championship game. So just yeah. because how things shaped out with the regions, that's how it ended up. Well, let's recap our game. Our quarterfinal matchup was between three-seed Walton and one-seed Brookwood mm-hmm. at the Brookwood Community Stadium in Snellville, John. This one was sophomore quarterback Jeremy Holinsky mm-hmm. and the Raiders' offense the whole way. And my hat's off to that sophomore QB. He played lights out. Yeah, Zach Roseman, we saw him for the first series, and then and then Jeremy Holinsky comes in for the remainder of the game. Supposed to, I thought it was supposed to be a, a two-quarterback system here. And, right. And... It it that lasted well, but remember, that lasted very short. But remember, Zach Roseman's coming off mm-hmm. a, a, an injury yeah. in the previous game, and so okay, so if the rhythm is there with Heklinski, you keep riding that hot yeah. hand and get yourself into the a whole game. A, a, get yourself into a Final Four, and also yeah. uh, I think we could see that uh, that Dylan Lonergan from Brookwood wasn't at a hundred percent. Yes, and so there was issues there with the passing game, and then you know with, when you thought that you could get pressure. On the quarterback and force you know force them to try to beat you. It was just a, a dominant effort by Walton to beat Brookwood on the road to get to a Final Four. So you mentioned the heavyweights; they'll play Milton, who defeated Mill Creek thirty-six to twenty-seven in yep. a back and forth tight one. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to to that game. Yep, and then the other one on the right hand side, it's uh, Collins Hill and Grayson, and we can talk about that one a little later. Yeah, we will preview that That's one. A tease. We will preview that one because it may or may not be. On our airwaves. I think the secret's out, it is. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll talk about that one in just a little bit. All right. One more active business before yes. we get to the coaches. An active business. Okay. <laughs> a very serious active business. A very serious active business. Um, I know Did you we... hear this, Sandy? Commander Sandy, a very serious active business, she says. I am very curious now. It's yeah. really nothing. I don't. I don't know why. It's a very serious active business. I don't know why I said that. I wanted to because break... it was a very serious active business. You wouldn't tease it otherwise. I wanted to break down the class single A public bracket a little bit more. Okay. Zero in on maybe the lower left and the lower right quadrant. Okay. Uh, we obviously bring in these coaches to talk all about it, but but what have you seen out of these four teams that are left? Irwin, Metter, Wilcox County, Brooks County. Well, I think that you look at Irwin and Brooks, and when your region opener in the region of Doom in Region 2 is mm-hmm. Brooks and Irwin, yeah. that's going to be the one that gives the, the winner of that one the inside track to that number one seed, I getting know. all those home games, hopefully getting the coin tosses, and everything is going through Osceola. And you're seeing a very, very stout Irwin County team. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, Casey Soliday this week for my column at gpb.org, so keep an eye out for that. But Irwin County at home, knocking off Macon County to, to get to the Final Four. A lot of folks were looking at these two coming out of the region of doom. Metter, once again, you just the, the offensive numbers from Metter are staggering. I know. And to, to have them just put the pedal down and, and get the numbers that they're doing. And then Wilcox. You sit there and you look at what Wilcox County is doing. Once again, you get home games in Rochelle. Coming out of the low left, you end up in a Final Four. Do you think Irwin can do it again? Three-peat? Yeah, I think they can. 
And, and uh, when's the last time that has happened? Uh, in single A, I'll have to look, but you look at what Buford has done. That's true. In, in That's other true. classifications and El- Elka, of in course. Elka, yeah. Okay. So you're you're seeing these kinds of runs, but how things just continue to work their way through with Irwin County. Yeah, they're doing tremendous work down there with Coach Sala yeah, and everybody. Especially, you know, just a South Georgia team powering through and, mm-hmm. and being able to get that done year after year is amazing. We miss Buddy Nobles, though. We do, and no doubt about it. Uh, you want to toss to our first interview? Let's do it. Okay, with the, with that serious act of business out of the serious way. Serious act of business. <laughs> Let's bring in Brooks County Head Coach Maurice Freeman. You guys are going to love this. Welcome in, Coach Freeman. I got three words for you. Bring the hammer. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add a fourth word. Bring the hammer, baby. <laughs> Three well, years well, in a row, your success has been unmatched, in my opinion. Very, very thankful that these young people play so hard for me. I'm very thankful. I take no credit, but I give all the accolades to these young people. How difficult is it? to maintain the level of excellence that you want every single season and that you've had over all of your time down there at Brooks, how difficult is it to maintain that today in this day and age? It is very difficult because you are not only the coach, part-time trainer, part-time dad, sometimes mom, sometimes grandma, sometimes equipment manager. The list goes on, ice carrier, washing clothes, and dealing with the day-to-day problems that young people have, and then you want to coach X and O's and teach fundamentals, it is very difficult, but it's extremely rewarding. And you've done it through multiple classifications, so hats off to you, Coach Freeman. Let's take a look at your road through the playoffs. In the first round, you beat Montgomery County 49-13. to Second round, beat Washington Wilkes 61-28. to then in the quarterfinals, you defeated Warren County fifty-one to thirty. Are you hearing are you hearing those numbers? 49, 61, 51. Coach, what what is your what has your road been like so far? Well, it's it's a it's a tough road, I assure you that. It's not as easy as those numbers look. It's extremely tough. We've had some tough, tough opponents. Uh, you know, you've had to worry about COVID, you've had to worry about the flu. And, and things of that nature. So it's been a tough road, but I'm very thankful that we've made it through it. And you've had to do it on the road because of being a two seed. I mean, it, and that adds that extra level of difficulty in all of this because, you know, when you're going from Quitman to Mount Vernon, you're going from Quitman to Warrington, you're going from Quitman to Washington, you're going from Quitman to Metter. I mean, this is not just something where you can hop on your motorcycle and sit there and, and, you know, drive to the corner store. I mean, these are absolute hauls that you're having to do with. So you're really having to do this one on the road this time around. It is. We are road warriors. And of course, we can't do it on a motorcycle. As a matter of fact, Friday on the way back, we hit a deer. (laughs) No. What? Yes, we hit a deer. So I definitely am glad I wasn't on my motorcycle. It is a tough road, but I'm thankful that we're we're on that road because you could be shooting basketball. So I'm thankful that we're still playing. Man, I don't know if that's good luck or bad luck hitting a deer. Well, the fact that everybody hit him on the way back, so we're okay. And he (laughs) he popped up and ran off. Okay, Okay. Okay. all right, okay. Maybe good luck then. There we go. So, do you drive your motorcycle two games? No, no, my wife wouldn't let me. No, I do not. Man, that would be that would be something else. 
All right. Well, you're one win away from making it to the finals for three years in a row there at Brooks. You will face Metter, who defeated Turner County 60-21 to in the quarters. What do you know about them, and what's it going to take to get the W? Oh, man, I know everything it is about them, except for their mothers and fathers' names. But I, <laughs> Middle uh, names. They are very, they're a very talented football team. Uh, those running backs, it looks like those running backs have been there for six or seven years. Yeah, I know. They're finally seniors, and they're pretty doggone good, 13-0. and 0. <clears throat> It's been outscoring everybody and doing a great job. They don't throw the ball much. Um, they run that wing tee, and they're a downhill football team. Uh, they run three or four defenses, three-three stack, three-four, four-three. They do a lot of different things, and they got a pretty doggone good uh, kicker also to top it off, and great facilities. Well, and I know that you, being a, a special teamer by heart, can definitely appreciate having a a good field goal kicker, a good place kicker in these situations, and especially in the smaller classifications. If your special teams can help you along, that's not something that you ordinarily get the chance to see. <laughs> Those are extra additives to that program. If you've got a solid kicker and punter, that gives you an edge because a lot of smaller schools don't have those things on on their roster. Um, so that, that is that is a that is something that you desperately need. What have you learned about yourself as a two seed going through the playoffs? I'm tired of riding. That's what I have to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm tired of riding. My back is hurting me as we speak. Because we've been riding that cheese bus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gotten a chance to get to know my wife a little better because she's sitting right beside me on every trip. There you go. Love that. So we've had a chance to uh, just sit there and talk a little bit. And, you know, during football season, it's tough to, to get a lot of conversation with your wife because you're at school more than you're probably at home. But by her wanting to ride with us and on the bus with us, it's given me a chance to, uh, to just have small conversations with her and, and just enjoy that and enjoy and my guys to see a coach and his wife's relationship, which which they don't get to see a lot of, but they've got a chance to see us interact with each other quite a bit. Time to talk up your your starters and your seniors. What's it been like to be on this particular ride with this group of seniors to once again chasing after playing in the last game of the year? Well, my hat's off to the seniors that are on offense because this could possibly be the best offensive team that I've ever coached. Um, but these seniors have done a great job of carrying this team and, and being leaders and, and going through all the ups and downs, the two losses that we had. They had to swallow those two losses to uh, Irwin and Thomasville. And, uh, you know, you give them all the credit for the wins. And they've done a good job of leading our team also. So my hat is off to all of my seniors. These young men are working hard. I'm sure you've heard of our segment by now, Make That Kid an Offer. So we know about some of your top playmakers and your seniors. Is there someone on your team that is overlooked and undervalued that you think needs an offer or, or a better offer? Someone that that we haven't heard of, maybe. I have two of them. Tremaine Demps, which is a wide receiver. Uh, he has an offer from um, Stetson. Um, and then... Um, 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 Man, I got a brain fart there, Charlie. Uh, Christian Edgerton, he's an inside linebacker with a 3.9 GPA. This dude is flat out killing the books, and he's doing a great job of playing inside linebacker. Um, So we're hoping that uh, we can find some schools that will certainly get interested in him. We have some flyers out there and some folks that have been asking about him, but he has no offers yet. Those two young men right there are the two that we need folks to make an offer. 
How difficult is it, you know, being in South Georgia, being in Quitman for college coaches? I mean, I know that the universe is smaller these days, but how, how difficult is it to get kids like those two noticed in this current day and age? Obviously, with COVID being a part of this discussion as well, how difficult is it to get recruits uh, seen down there at Brooks? This is how difficult it is, and I got this from a college coach. He says, why come to South Georgia when you guys are all spread out when I can go into a 15-mile radius in Atlanta and get everything I need? Wow. Mm. That's how difficult it is. Mm. I mean, that, that's, that's disappointing to hear something like that. That is disappointing, but he was a friend of mine, and he told me the truth. He says, you know, you guys are scattered out. You know, you are, you are 29, 30 miles from Thomasville, 30 miles from Moultrie, uh, 17 miles from Valdosta. But I can cover all that and hit 20 schools in Atlanta. Mm. Sounds like we need a helicopter sponsor. I think so. <laughs> that is correct. When it comes to your coaching career and what you've been able to build there at Brooks, I know that one of the things that has been just as important to you it's it's community, it's athletics, it's academics, it's the whole package. What's it what's it like when you get someone who's a freshman and you get to be with them for those four years and you know, having seen them probably in the middle school program as well, what's it like to see someone through that four years be with you for those four years, become that total package? What's that like for you when you get to see a moment like that? Oh, it's a dream come true, it is all the preaching that you do, all the yelling and screaming and talking to parents and talking to teachers and talking to that young man, all of it is a dream come true. You you see him as a little snotty-nosed sixth grader coming on through seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, and then as a senior like Omari Arnold and now is being recruited and has about 13, 14 offers um, when when he thought he was a basketball player and he really didn't wasn't sold on football. And then you finally, his senior year, he's got all these accolades, and you say, well, see, young man, see what hard work will do for you. You had the talent, you put in the hard work, and it has paid off for you. So it, it is a, really a dream come true because a lot of them don't see the dream that coaches see. They don't see what they can amount to, but we do see it at an early age. I love that, and I know your players rely on you too. Coach them, coach them into what they can become. Well, while we have you for a few more minutes, we want to ask you some fun questions coming, okay. off, coming off Thanksgiving. Here we go. And I hear, Coach Freeman, that you are quite the chef. What did you cook up for, for Turkey Day? For Turkey Day, I cooked uh, various types of deer sausage. Mm-hmm. Mm. See now. I love deer sausage. I know. Uh, jalapeno okay. pepper. Uh, maple, uh, just different uh, different types of deer sausage on the grill, and I served it to half of my team. Half of the team loves wild animals. The other half are city boys. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> hey, I will dabble with a jalapeno, jalapeno cheddar deer sausage, 100%. That is the bomb. That is the bomb. <laughs> I literally had some on Thanksgiving. Seriously? Seriously. My in-laws are from Valdosta. Okay. So. Oh man. Yep. yep. They Go. got the they got the deer sausage going. So good. See, and, and this is one of the things I will I, I will stipulate that the first time that I had deer sausage was at Clinch because they had some of their tailgaters who had this 
big smoker, and I mean, they were at the back of the baseball field, and they they have this massive amount of space. It's probably like this 15-yard square element of space. They had this big smoker, and that was the first time that I had deer sausage. The city boy actually had deer sausage. (laughs) I can't picture that, John. Well, not a lot of folks can picture it. But but one of the other things that I wanted to talk to, to Coach Freeman about is that there's as he as he as he makes his deer sausage and he does his grilling and all these kinds of things, his time on the coast when he was at Brunswick has lent itself to him creating sauces. All right, so break this break this down for Hannah because she's never heard this about your your seafood and your mixes and all of this and stuff. A, and a secret sauce. Yeah, what's the, the 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 Coach Freeman sauce? I have to talk to her about this stuff. So break that down I've for her. I've got some sauce that probably has thirty two different things inserted in it and i take that and i put it together and i don't do the normal low country boil i cook my my crab legs on the grill I, I slap them on that grill and i put my sauces on there make you slap your mama <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take you to get this right how long did it take you to get that that sauce that sauce mix correct before where you were really happy with it about six years Wow. Do you have this written down anywhere? Just in your head, a little dash of this, a little dash of that? I have it written down, but I cannot tell you where I have it at. Oh, man. Going to have to come and find it. Well, this is the thing. This is where we petition the coach mm-hmm. to have him make some and send it to us. And then we can just do a taste test to just guess what's in it. Well, that. I tell, I tell you what. I tell you what. If I happen to make it to the state championship game, I know that I will see you Sunday. Ooh. That is true. And if I make it, I will bring sauce with me. Done. That is epic. Done. That is a yep. done deal. I'm in. That is that is the way that it goes. And now you know when it comes, uh, you know, and this is this whole conversation of food. It's something that literally Coach and I have been talking about for the longest time because the boss in my household she likes spicy stuff. She loves little country mm-hmm. boil, and so when I instantly mentioned this to her, Patty went nuts. <laughs> My oh, wife, yeah. my wife went absolutely berserk <laughs> at this idea of getting Coach Freeman's mix. Yeah, I will bring it Sunday if we make it. Love it. I love this. All right. One more thing to talk to you about. We hear that it's camo week for Brooks on Friday. What all? Uh, what are you guys doing for camo week? Well, uh, it is uh, our theme this year is we hunt every day. There you go. Okay. So far, so good. So one of the teachers, uh, one of the educators here, Bethley, came up with the idea of let's, let's, let's get the community to dress in camo because we are going to meta to hunt for a semifinal game, uh, trying to get into the state championship game. So the community has bought into it. So they'll all hopefully be wearing camo. Now, <clears throat> coaches, we're superstitious. Yeah. I'm wearing the same thing I wore the whole year. Understood. <laughs> but I'm buying it, I'm in it, and let's go. Well, Coach, it's always great to catch up with you because you are one of the the true gentlemen of the sport here in the state of Georgia, and I'm glad that we got to pull back the curtain a little bit and, and introduce those who don't know what's going on down there at Brooks County. You've done tremendous things. You continue to do tremendous things. Thanks for hanging out with us this week and ta- not just talking football but talking life and talking food and all those kinds of things. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Well, John, when you make it to the Sportcasters Hall of Fame, make sure that you invite me so I can say a couple of words about you because you are certainly a good person. Wow.
Oh, that's an honor, John. That, that is that's one of the most humbling things that anyone has ever said to me. I'm going to have to reserve this now. I'm going to have to remember this. I'm writing it Squeeze down. It. Uh, so the next time that this does happen, it'll be great to see you when next time I see you. And uh, looking forward to catching up with you. You're doing great things down there in Quitman. We'll hang up. We'll, we'll catch up with you real soon. Thank you. Bring that him. One interview down, one to go. Time to go from Quitman to Rochelle and catch up with life in Wilcox County. Here's our interview with Wilcox County head coach, Rob Stowe. Welcome in, Coach Stowe. You're back in the semifinals for the first time since 2012, defeating Manchester 20-14. to 14. How does it feel? Oh, it, it's great to be here. I mean, I, we had a meeting yesterday in Thomaston with all the semifinalists, uh, and, you know, it, it was high cotton for me to be in that room with that uh, many successful coaches, and I, I'm proud of our coaches here and our players, our administration, and our fans. Uh, it's a special time in Rochelle for sure. I mean, you've had to win games different ways. You've had your nail biters and, and those kinds of things. So I think that it speaks a lot about your team that you've been able to win games in different ways and that nothing should surprise you by the time you get to a semifinal. Well, that's true. I mean, if you go back and really look at uh, the course of our season, we've won a lot of close games and uh, also had some games that we were able to put away in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, we've preached the message that things we've done to get here, we're working very hard in the weight room, and that those are the things that pull you through in those tight games. So hopefully we got a little more left in the tank, got a great Irwin team course this, this Friday night. Let's take a look at your path through the playoffs. In the first round, you defeated Charlton County 36-26, to then Treon, that was a close one, 23-22. And, of course, I just mentioned Manchester. What's it been like for you? They've been exciting games. Of course, if you were a fan, I'm sure you loved them. Uh, between myself and, and my wife, I think we both need to be on heart medication because <laughs> come down to the end. But, uh, you know, the, the Charleston game, it was a close game. Great thing, great tradition. And uh, Coach Murray's got those guys back on the right track after a year of not being, you know, usual Charlton football. Uh, but our guys were able to prevail with that one. And then you mentioned the trying game. It was an overtime affair that uh, we decided to go for two uh, to get the win in overtime was able to do that. And then, of course, this past week, probably the, the, the biggest team easily I've seen in Class A football since I've been coaching here at Wilcox, uh, Manchester, was just, just a great athletic big team. And uh, we were able to come out on top of that with another close win. Nothing like facing all of your old region rivals, huh? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know, we – play Charlton in the first round and turning right around here in the semifinals and playing Irwin who we used to play every year when we were members of region two. I'm not, I'm not sad that we're not driving to the swamp <laughs> to go play games that we used to play in the region with them and clinch and whatnot. But you know, Irwin is a, is a special opponent. Of course, we're very familiar with them as they are with us. Uh, both teams know each other really well. So it's going to be an interesting semifinal. Of course, usually have teams that travel uh, hours to go play this game against somebody and we're just traveling 30 minutes what is the difficulty level like with both of you and Irwin knowing each other so well knowing your faults how how hard of a matchup is that going to be and how do you prepare well for one I don't know if Irwin has any faults I'm sure they're <laughs> finding plenty of ours but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're very familiar. We played each other the last two years, very close games. Uh, if you look at, you know, how their, their schedule has gone the last couple of years, 
you know, we're not looking for moral victories, but I feel like we've played them closer than anybody in the regular season other than a couple teams that they've lost to, Fitzgerald and Tiff County. So, uh, you know, we got our hands full for sure. Uh, Hopefully we can apply some of the things that have helped us in the past and hopefully we can fix a few things that we didn't do very well when we played them and uh, improve upon that. And then uh, hopefully they decided that there's no need for them to look at film against Wilcox and they'll come into the game (laughs) without doing so. But I know better than that. When it comes to your playbook this time of year, do you add things to the playbook or do you con- or do you constrict your playbook and just focus on the, those plays and those activities and those actions that you're the most confident in? Are there any secrets this time of year? You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. There's a little bit of both, John. Um, I'll, I'll speak to the first play of the game against Manchester this past Friday night. We had a little trick play in that we've been practicing for two or three weeks now and just thought this was the perfect time to do it. So, yes, there will be a, a wrinkle or two here and there on offense that you try to do. But at the same time, we talked about in our meeting yesterday that, uh, you know, we we got to get better, better at what we do really good. Uh, we got to take it to an elite level. So we'll probably need to restrict a few things offensively and just try to get really, really good at what we feel like we're very capable of doing. Now, defensively, I think you have to, to be flexible because every team that you play uh, might run a different offensive system, and you have to tweak that. So uh, defensively, it's a little bit different. But on offense, yeah, I think you're, you're on to something. I think you try to do what you do best and, and stick with that. Let's talk about some of your playmakers. One in particular, one in particular uh-huh. <laughs> your son, junior quarterback Abe Stowe. What's it like to coach your son, and what kind of player is he? Yeah, it, 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 he might say that it's the worst thing ever because I'm going to admit <laughs> I probably don't do a good job of telling him the good things and only point out the bad things on the field. But, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that everybody knows he gets coached the same way as everybody else. However, he has done a good job of handling that this year. Um, you know, he's a pretty good player. He's thrown for over 2,000 yards and run for almost 400 yards. He's, he's our punter, our place kicker, and plays safety on defense when we need him. So, you know, he just loves the game. He's been around it his whole life. He's got two older brothers that played, of course. And, um, you know, he's been drug around from football field to football field his whole life. And just it's, it's fun getting to, to see him live out his dreams, no doubt. So what's it like? I mean, obviously we know what it's like for you to be a head coach here in, in South Georgia, but being a coach and a coach dad at the same time, I mean, that's a, that's a fierce juggle that you have to have. It is. And like I say, I, I try to – to make sure that, you know, I coach him hard uh, like I would any other player. And, um, you know, you, I probably don't have to because his mom takes care of most things at home whenever she sees things on the field she doesn't like. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but in uh, and, and, and all joking aside, I do need to do a better job probably of pointing out the good things uh, that he does. But, but you know, um, at this time of year, you're just thinking about trying to win football games and see him just as a player. And, and you try not to look at him as your son per se. And uh, you get time to do that at home and hug him. I know he's only a junior, but when it comes to recruiting, has he had any offers or interests or or yeah, what, what's going on? That's a good question. I mean, he's got a lot of interests out there right now. I mean, uh, got some stuff this morning, just this morning from Mississippi State. You know, a few schools, uh, Georgia Southern was, was on him pretty hard. And, of course, they've changed coaches. So we're not really sure where he stands with that. Uh, Georgia State has reached out to them, and South Alabama, Middle Tennessee State, Western Kentucky schools like that, and a lot of FCS schools as well have That's reached great. out. 
he doesn't have any offers just yet. I think they're, you know, they're kind of got him as somebody that's on their boards and they're keeping an eye on uh, and just kind of seeing where it plays out over this next year. So then let's see who else should be on folks' boards from down there at Wilcox. You know, you and I talked about this when I was on Southern Swing, and this gives the, the opportunity to talk about it again. For the Recruiting 2021 show, we have that segment called Make That Kid an Offer. Right. And we like to expand that to either make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer. Is there anyone there in Rochelle that you would like to sit here and volunteer and go, yes, someone here is being overlooked, understarred, underappreciated, what have you? Who could fit into that make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer? I'm going to give you one for both of those categories, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, for, for a better offer, I think you couldn't go wrong with uh, offering our nose guard, Isaiah Turner. He has like six Division two offers right now. But, you know, I think he is easily the best defensive lineman I've coached in my 26-year career at various levels of high schools. And just a really good player. He had a, a strip fumble touchdown this past Friday night that he rumbled for about 50 yards. And that, that's pretty good for a 300-pound man. But oh, I'll, We, we I'll like a, big guy touchdowns around here. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did. And uh, I'll give you a quote from Roger Holmes, the head coach at Dublin. If Isaiah wasn't six foot one and he was six foot four, six foot five, he said Kirby Smart and Nick Saban would be living in Rochelle. Oh, so he's a little right. bit shorter, but I mean he is he's that that's not telling what kind of player he is. As far as making an offer, our junior tailback, Deshaun Lawson, has about fifteen hundred yards rushing this year with uh let's see, what is it, sixteen touchdowns and he didn't play two games due to injury, so that's pretty good numbers. Uh, for a for a young, he's a junior, or just just a junior. He's got another year that I think people are overlooking big time. One more question for you, and we can get into some of the fun stuff. We saw your Twitter where you tweeted out that this is the first time back since a dead period where college coaches can have contact with the players, and you were warning your guys to look nice in the hallways just in case somebody shows up. What um what what's that all about? And do you have coaches on campus this week? We do. We've had. I haven't had any today. Although I've had four or five coaches reach out and say they're coming by this week. They want. The good thing is, is obviously still playing. We're practicing. They can come and uh, you know at at the end of the day and not just see the kid in the in the halls. So that's big time for our kids. But what we're trying to stress is for our young men is you know first impressions are so important. Whether they are the right impression or not, uh, you want to make sure that the first thing they see is somebody that is uh, takes things seriously, uh, that has a plan for the future and, and what it's going to take to get there. Uh, shake hands very firmly with these coaches, look them in the eye, and, and talk uh, very clearly. And then, of course, we're, we're trying to finish out the semester. We have the end of course test coming up, and we really want to stress how important that is to go along with this big game we have Friday night. All right, now to the now to the fun stuff to to finish things up here. And thanks for hanging out with us for another couple of minutes, Rob Stowe, the head coach at Wilcox County, hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. All right, Thanksgiving. I know that it was a, a busy week for you on a bunch of different fronts. What was Thanksgiving like for you and the Stowe family? Well, we, the great thing was we got to wake up Thanksgiving morning, of course, and practice football at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Then we uh, broke. And that and told all the kids to come back, you know, the next day. Uh, but I went and ate a traditional Thanksgiving meal with my family and some of my extended family. And then that night we ate a uh, prime rib. So Ooh, I'm going to tell you nice. what, it, it, 
I would weigh probably about 400 pounds if I had Thanksgiving every day because I <laughs> ate like a horse. What's your favorite? Well, besides prime rib. Yeah, really? What's your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? You can't go wrong with the dressing. I mean, mm-hmm. traditional southern cooked dressing is about as good as it gets. Cranberry homemade or out of the can? You got to go homemade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, dessert. Uh, lemon meringue pie, key lime pie, pecan, pecan pie. apple. Where do you go for dessert? Can I say all the above? <laughs> yes, you um, can. <laughs> but if I just had to pick one, it's definitely got to be pecan pie. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my in-laws brought turtle pie. Not like actual turtle pie. You know, like turtle ice cream? Yeah. No, oh, man, not like you. <laughs> I didn't. Hannah's looking at me like not an actual turtle. You gave me a look. John just gave me a look like I was insane. No, I know what turtle pie is, but the fact that you had to run the disclaimer that not That's an right. actual turtle. Okay, the way you to looked clarify. at me. The way you looked at me, you looked confused. No. Not actual turtle. Not actual turtle. That was my first time having turtle pie. It was good. Yeah. You see you see what happens pregnant when. pregnant lady loves pie. You you see what happens, Coach, when we have someone who's mere weeks away oh, from giving birth to twins? I just want to talk about pie. I'm going to say no comment. <laughs> good, good idea. <laughs> when, mm. it com- when, it comes to, when it comes to the playoffs, real quick, and when it comes to the playoffs, obviously the fact that folks haven't traveled. I mean, you haven't traveled a whole lot, and it's like you get all of this home field advantage. Obviously, can you break down home field advantage in the playoffs, especially in the smaller classifications where you could be going 325 miles if you're Rabin County heading over to Thomasville, where this week it's only 30, true. But home field advantage, I think, in the smaller classifications, I think is big. It is. It's huge. It's invaluable. I mean, just the fact that – you know, you don't have to worry about, hey, do we have to leave the night before it's so far away? Because nobody sleeps good in a hotel bed the first night, for sure. Um, things like we were able to just enjoy Thanksgiving without stressing over having to get packed up and ready to go. Uh, but, you know, you work hard all season uh, to try to get a high seed so that you have that opportunity to, to host at home. And, uh, you know, it's worked out really well for Wilcox this year. Well, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast and pulling back the curtain on one of the tougher Final Fours that's out there this year, Class A Public, with your matchup against an old region rival in Irwin this Friday night. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the show and pulling back the curtain. Good luck this Friday night. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure of mine to be with you guys, and thank you for what you do for high school football. So Wilcox County, Irwin County, mm-hmm. Brooks County, Metter, we have covered Class Single A Public. We can put that to the side. We've touched on some brackets earlier in the show, but yep. John, out of the other seven, yeah, what intrigues you the most well, when other, it comes to well, when it comes to coaches, okay. players? What, what's a what's a game that just jumps out at you? Trinity Christian Elka. Okay, that's one okay. that that's one that stands out because can Trinity Christian be slowed down? I know that a lot of folks looked at our Eagles Landing Christian and they were like, oh, they're four and six coming into the playoffs. And it's like, no, it's not the four and six that you think it is. Mm-hmm. They have to travel to like Ohio to get games. And, you know, because Eagles Landing Christian has that pedigree. Trinity Christian is trying to get to that pedigree. And we're seeing that development. Trinity Christian is just blowing people out, putting up amazing numbers. And you want to talk family affair like we had with Coach Stowe. You have two sons hanging out with Kenny Dallas at Trinity Christian, (laughs) and it just so happens to be your starting quarterback and one of your leading receivers. 
So, I mean, that to me is, is one that stands out, obviously. You look at Callaway as a defending champ having to go on the road in double-A. They're going to Thomasville. We know what Thomasville's home field advantage can be, mm-hmm. considering they knocked off Rabin County last week in double-A. You know, then you're looking at, uh, you know, you look at BT and Calhoun, say, in 5A. Two region rivals going at it on the right-hand side in 5A. The two and the three, not the one and the two, the two and the three coming out of that region in 5A, having to, to play each other again for the chance to play in the last game in 5A. And then obviously Joey King. We've had Joey on the, the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast with what they're doing going up against Buford, having to go to Buford. Buford pretty much just you know, choke the life out of the game at Lee County, just shutting Lee County down. And I think a lot of folks would sit there and say that Buford, regardless of classification, is one of the best teams that's out there. I know a lot of folks would probably like to see Collins Hill play Buford this season and just to see what would happen with those two teams. If they were to line up, with what would happen with Collins Hill and Buford this year? I think it'd be a great game. But I think that you're looking at two teams, regardless of classification, that could be regarded as top teams across the board. I'm going to say that Blessed Trinity is kind of my dark horse. Okay. In the playoffs, three seed, yeah. had a bit of a rocky season. Yeah. There were some times where I was like, Well, and when you Ooh. when you finally have Justice Haynes at 100%, mm-hmm. you're seeing what you can get with Blessed Trinity. So I, I think that now that one definitely should be on folks' radar. Can Calhoun stop the running game of mm-hmm. BT? And it's you know it's been good to catch up with, the, with Coach Hall coming back on the bus for the last couple of weeks. That one's been fun. And to see how this three seed, you know, you knock off Woodward Academy. Now you're going for the chance to play in the last game of the year, and you've got to do it, but yeah. you've got to do it on the road in Calhoun. Yep, three seed versus two seed. Yep. Yeah. That's a two and a three. Interesting one. We, hey, we broke a record we on did. Friday. Yeah. We Our previous record was 10 coaches on the postgame show. We had 11 That's awesome. coaches. <laughs> 11 coaches. Rapid fire, Commander Sandy. That's the only way to do it. Calling in from all over. That was fun. And and remind me, who called in from the empty bus? Oh, was that was that? Uh, I'm trying to. Think. They all they all run together. Oh, well, what's your list? Let there's, me see. There's who, my let, list. Let me, let me. All right. So wasn't Daniel? It wasn't uh, Daniel. It Williams. was single A private. So it was. It wasn't. Was it, oh, it was Vandegrift. Yes, because he yeah. said these private school kids. Yeah, they, they just they get, get their parents' cars and they just drive with their home. parents. And he was on the bus by himself, <laughs> yep. calling yeah, in. Yeah, Coach Vandegrift at PAC that tickled me. And PAC and Fellowship. That's going to be another one on the right hand side. On yep. the other side, in Class A private, that's going to be one to watch. Yep. All right. Well, the only one to watch. See, there she goes again with our the great game of promo. the week. I mean, just smooth transition. That was a smooth transition. That was smooth. Ever, yeah, ever there was. It, it's it's better than my usual, honestly. That was that was slightly better than my usual. Just kind of, you just kind of cruised right into it. Transition. <laughs> my my sharp right turn transition. I'm I'm usually the one with the sharp right transitions around here. Mine are mine are usually just like. Speaking of games. Speaking of insert game here. Speaking of football. Yes. Hannah, football, promo, three, go. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. So our semifinal broadcast is the rematch of last season's Class 7A state championship between Grayson and number one ranked Collins Hill. Mm -hmm. The Rams defeated the Eagles 38-14 in that title game. Grayson also leads the series 6-2 and have won the last four in a row. But Collins Hill's 13-0. They won Region 8 for the second straight year. Grayson 10-3, finished second in Region 4, but has rolled through the playoffs with yep. some major momentum. The winner advances to the championships to meet the winner of Milton versus 
Walton. That will be on December 11th at Georgia State's Center Park Stadium. Kickoff is set for 7.30. Yep. Recruiting 2021 will be the lead in at 7 o'clock where we'll catch up with all of the recruiting news as we're getting that much closer to early signing day the week after the championship. So when the football is over, it's not over because you've got national early signing day the following week. And so that's going to be fun to see how all of the the coaches with the new coaches and the new administrations that are popping up all in college football are going to be able to hang on to or lose. It could be a Mary Flipmas for a couple of folks, evidenced by Oklahoma and Southern Cal. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. And job openings all over the state in high school, too. Is it still 22 coach openings? 22, 23, I think, was the last number that were right there. Traditionally, you're looking at about some number in the 80s at about 17, 18% of, the, of more than 400 schools. So you're looking at somewhere in that number to as your as your baseline there have been some years where it's been over a hundred uh openings that have had to be filled but traditionally it's in the 70s and 80s range well it's my last blog or zoom and blog for the recruiting show okay it will be cedartown linebacker cj washington this week okay and it will be my last Counting on a kickoff in studio, I will probably be zooming in on the 16th. <laughs> you see how she's already trying to work two things days here? before I give birth. So, yeah, see, I'll, Commander I'll be, Sandy, she's still trying to do shows. Yes, I will be yes. zooming in from home for counting on the kickoff on the 16th. I promise you. Okay. I will be there. All right. So tune in. All right. From the hospital. From my couch at home. From her couch or her office. <laughs> But, no, I think you're more correct in all of this. I think that it will probably end up I'll zoom being... in from the hospital? Absolutely. Oh, I know you'll zoom in from the hospital. You guys can't from stop the, me. From the maternity ward, it's Hannah Gooden. I mean, yes. John has been counting me out all season. You said I was going to be bedridden by Thanksgiving. No, I did not say bedridden. <laughs> bedridden makes it sound like you've you've got something. Yeah, you hit that cough button. <laughs> that cough button. Bedridden. Bedridden. Excuse me, everybody. <laughs> bedridden. She's got some sort of like chicken pox or something. Oh my god! <laughs> I think She's it's time to wrap up. Bedridden, this show. she says. Okay, well, since you're laughing and uh, coughing, for those that aren't watching on, on the YouTube version, she's laughing and coughing and hitting the, the mute button, so we're not hearing her cough, but it's too late, by the way. It's too late. It's too late. So uh, this is the last one that we've had with coaches this year. Ooh. The next two weeks for our championship preview and review, we're going to have the, the Football Fridays in Georgia All-Stars yep, hanging All-Stars out with us. All-Stars on. So that'll be the next two weeks. So uh, for Commander Sandy, for... Uh, the Outlaw Jesse, and for King James. I am just John. That is a coughing and laughing Hannah over there. Thanks for hanging out with us for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Enjoy your semifinals. Next time we do it, we're talking championships. Play it safe. We'll see you next time. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.